Toronto's Irish community on AM 1430 Fairchild Radio.
Perfect. All right. Thanks for Very doing that, Kenny. To uh, Keologus Crack, and that can only mean one thing when that song is played yes, each year. It is an Irish radio show, but that one goes out to my mum. That was her uh, favourite song. So happy birthday, Patricia O'Brien. She's back in Abbey Leagues listening to the show. Born in Port Harlington in County Leash all Lovely those years stuff. ago, and then uh, met my dad. And uh, end of story. And that was uh, only the yeah. beginning of the story, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, tw- for her, it was the end of the story. <laughs> but um, she, uh, yes, she was a nurse. Uh, is a nurse and uh, moved to uh, work in Abbey League's hospital all those years ago as well. So there you go. But whenever there would be a little bit of a pub thing going on, she only had one song that she would ever sing, and, and that was the one. Wow, that's a class one. Yeah, to be and sang it well. Yeah, you could hear a pin drop. It took, a, it took about six or seven gin and tonics to get her to sing. But Lord. once she got across the threshold, there was no stopping her. It's good. Yeah. It's good to be even standing after six or seven <laughs> gin and tonics, for God's sake. I don't huh? think she sang. <laughs> I don't think she stood when she all sang. All right, okay. She sat, yeah. Well... Happy birthday, Mammy O'Brien. That's great. We look forward to seeing you again some stage. So, Um, a couple of guests in the studio, and one of the guests uh, just asked me her age, and uh, I'm not sure what her age is. We don't even talk about that. Twenty-one plus VAT, I think, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Keep it that way. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Yes, indeed. We're uh, we have guests in studio again this morning: Robert Kearns and William Pete from Ireland Park Foundation. You're very welcome, lads. Welcome, lads. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Good to have you in, in studio. Another two-hour special here. Not, not the lads are laughing here. Don't tell me we're here for two hours. No way. <laughs> Don't make no. a mess of the show now, right? You're off down to see uh, Toronto Irish Film Festival uh, a little bit later on, That's aren't you? That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, the premiere of uh, Godfrey Jordan's 23-minute uh, short documentary on the, the laneways that the city named in connection with uh, James Joyce and Bloomsday. Wonderful. And, uh, Mary Durkin has been leading the mm-hmm. Bloomsday uh, festivities for well over 30 years now. Right. And so the events, the Bloomsday events, really all take place uh, in and around the beach. So naming some of the local laneways in, in that manner follows on from Peggy Delaney laneway. Yeah. So it's yeah. all mm-hmm. really terrific. Yeah. It's, it's great to see that we're still having this kind of a mark on the yeah, city right <laughs> all these years later yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, it's quite I suppose apropos that you're here and Ireland Park Foundation and the whole history behind that mm. um, and then still to think that in 2019 we're, we're getting streets named uh, in this great city of Toronto mm-hmm. it's uh, it's quite incredible did you really spark this with Aaron Key <laughs> is that the whole name? Thing? <laughs> Are you taking some credit for this, well, I Robert? Have, you know, I, that's down to Adam Vaughan, in fairness. Yeah, and true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, he felt that, uh, you know, Adam's family, he's very proud of his um, more distant Irish ancestors. Right. They went to Australia. 
Ah, so as he would say, he's a two-boater, <laughs> because then they came on to Canada. Good Lord. And, uh, but he's, you know, he's a, a politician who, at both the local and federal level, takes a great interest in community. Yeah, yeah. And without that sort of support and interest, it's hard to move the yardsticks. Yeah, definitely. Well. So, and we find in dealing with both local and federal government, and even provincial, that you have to take the long view. Mm -hmm. I know people get frustrated when we, they see chain link fences around Ireland Park and so on. But, you know, it's we started this project in 95, 97, at the time of the 150th anniversary of the famine. Right. And, uh, but, you know, we have land down at the corner of Erin Key now, and we're about to sign the lease for the building beside it, which you couldn't get for lever money no, now at all. at all. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. It's probably one of the most spectacular views of the city, isn't it? When it you're standing is, there. It really is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, it's very exciting. And the, the city have, uh, after many years of discussions, agreed now to put up serious money to fix the dock wall that runs along the south side of Ireland Park. Yeah. Oh, very good. And they're spending $7.5 million to rebuild that whole dock wall from the corner of Ireland Park over to the ferry dock. And they're going to spend another $6 million landscaping you know around the building ar to the west of Ireland Park and to the west of the grain silos okay so the very best days of Ireland Park and the areas around it are ahead good mm -hmm. good which is going to be very exciting because yeah. the dock wall work when it's done will secure that southern water boundary mm -hmm. of the park for the next 200 years brilliant which is and great. will the wall itself in any way be themed in that way or is it really just a clean up more than anything well the the dock uh, mark uh, was built in 1918 mm -hmm. and they de de deployed these large wooden cribs with what they called man rocks which is a rock the size that a man could physically carry and yeah. put in there yeah. so they're in perfect condition because right. they're you know underwater all these years uh, but then they put a concrete cap on top of that, and mm -hmm. that's what's deteriorated. I see, with I see. Uh, so that is all getting replaced, and then they're going to pile drive sort of corrugated sheet metal into the lake bed. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a new technology as, as where the, the, the land meets the water. Right, right. So it'll be much more stable, and then they'll landscape that in harmony with the waterfront landscaping, for example, in front of Chorus Building, Brilliant. And which is what's on the east side of um, oh, of the of the of Aaron Key. So oh. that would take care of two of the boundaries of Ireland Park plus the western boundary. The footprint of the park will now extend a bit more westward. We're going to be able to landscape west of the oh, nice. of the limestone columns with the names. So oh, the great. whole that the, so that means that that sculpture, which it is, I mm -hmm. mean it's the largest sculpture in Toronto. Is oh. it? Wow. Yeah. I mean that's made up the fourteen columns are made up of about fifty or sixty courses of limestone, right. all of which are had a drawing. So, I mean, my brother Jonathan's office has like hundreds of drawings for those 14 columns. Right. And now that's going to have be landscaped to the west of it in a manner to be determined. But it'll okay. read in a much more evocative, beautiful way. Well, that's good, yeah. yeah. Of course, William has been doing a lot of the the liaison and legwork with the city who we can't say enough good things about the city of Toronto they're great to work with aren't they William? Oh absolutely yes they're such a <coughs> they're such a, a wonderful group of people and uh, in particular Brian Bowen from the Waterfront Secretariat has really come on board to uh, 
Uh, and and Joe Cressy, the city councillor, to to help us push all of this forward. The as, as all of you gentlemen are far more aware than I am, that area has been left fallow for many, many, many years, 30, 40 years now. Mm-hmm. So uh, about 10 years ago, they decided to re-engineer how they would approach the Bathurst Key area. And so they developed the Bathurst Key neighbourhood plan, which is the single most... Uh, uh, the single largest community um, liaison project the city has ever engaged in and they, they come up with this plan to uh, rather than try and fix the silos first which is probably a hundred million dollar project that they would start off piecemeal so the the Portland slip was one which is now beautiful and and done the uh, the dock wall south of the the park is going to be done uh, in the spring and that'll be finished by the end of the summer early autumn uh, the building we are about to sign the lease on and we'll do a rehabilitation on that and then actually uh, north of all of that uh, just east of the uh, oh, excuse me uh, west of the the silos will be the largest hardscape areas uh, that the city will have built since Nathan Phillips Square so that'll be a huge oh, area for markets Christmas markets Very summer cool. markets we'll Luminato. put that to good use yeah, yes exactly so. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah, that's very yeah, exciting. That yeah. is, yeah. Well, as William was saying, the uh, the city was sort of in this um, uh, bind where they were trying to encourage a private sector individual to come in and, you know, conjure up $50 million to mm. rehabilitate the grain silos. But to do that, I mean, you'd have to be putting up condos that go halfway to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you can't do because of the airport. And similarly, to do underground parking because that's all reclaimed land would be a nightmare. Very sure, expensive. Yeah. So therefore, it was resolved that because the grain silos and the old executive office building of the Canada Malting Company are designated heritage buildings, that they would abandon the idea of, A, knocking them down, and B, trying to get private sector money to rehabilitate them. So basically, they've resolved under the Bathurst Key Neighborhood Plan to identify a cultural heritage use for the building. And mm. big up, we just happen to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, that's uh, that's been in the works for like 14 years. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, you well know, done. like all these things, if you take the long view, uh, you know, good things come to those who are patient. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, we have a great collegial relationship with the city. They're going to give us $470,000 to do the work to rehabilitate the building, which will be about 10% of what we need to do it correctly. Right, right. But again, it'll be it'll take time. Sure. And, uh, well, yeah. But we think it'll be the great jewel box on the Toronto waterfront as in a visitor and interpretation center for the park, the gate lodge to Toronto. Fantastic. Brilliant. Two and a half yeah. million people go through the airport. So yeah. we want them to be aware of you know, the Irish presence in this city over the last 200 years. Yes, and the, yeah, and the yeah. contribution that people from the island of Ireland have made. Yeah, All great right. tie-in all together to the park. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, take a breather there, lads. You're chatting up a storm here on a Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll play a wee bit of music. Speaking of birthdays, by the way, oh. this fella, he would have been 86, I think, during the week, I think on February 26th, Mr. Johnny Cash. Oh, And he sang gosh. a great song about Ireland. Irish fans that are here tonight. A song I wrote, a song I wrote in 1961. I close my eyes and picture the emerald of the sea from the fishing boats at Dingle to the shores of Dunedin. I miss the River Shannon and the folks at Skibbereen, the moorlands and the meadows with their forty shades. 
shades of green But most of all I miss a girl in Tipperary town And most of all I miss her lips as soft as I ate her down Again I want to see and do the things we've done and seen Where the breeze is sweet as Shalimar And there's forty shades of green I wish that I could spend an hour At Dublin's churning surf I'd love to watch the farmers Drain the bogs and spade the turf To see again the thatching of the straw the women glean I'd walk from port to learn to see the forty shades of green but most of all I miss a girl in Tipperary town and most of all I miss her lips as soft as I ate her down Again, I want to see and do the things we've done and seen Where the breeze is sweet as Shalimar And there's forty shades of green Oh yeah, the man Johnny. I remember uh, my first ever trip out of Ireland in the world I got to come to on holiday and, uh, I don't know if it was when we were flying out or flying back, but I do recall them talking to me and saying, look down there at Ireland now, and that's the 40 shades of green. And there's no <laughs> doubt about it, huh? We have enough of it, don't <laughs> we? <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of green and things, parks, uh, give us a wee update here on Grisette Park. Um, well, the, the, all the horizontal surfaces for the park are installed. Right. And, of course, you know, as William will tell you, uh, a, a lot of uh, time and money and design work and engineering has gone in under the ground, which right. you can't okay. see. So we're in in the ground for right now about one point four, one point five million dollars. Okay. So um, the the wow. surface is uh, made of Quebec granite, right. and we have Kane's eighteen forty two map of Toronto etched into the granite. Mm. So when you stand you know, in Grisette Park, you're actually standing on the map of Toronto as it was in 1842. It's the largest map of Toronto ever created. Really? And oh. so next part now will be the vertical panels of glass okay. with the um, uh, images of cheesecloth etched inside them. So that's about 800 to a million dollars to finish that and the benches and so on. So this, of course, is the bicentenary year of the start of the uh, 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 creation of the first hospital in Toronto right um, and then work began to build it in 1820 so we are going to apply to the federal government for their heritage funding uh, which was up to half a million dollars William uh, yeah five hundred thousand uh, dollars for 2020 we'll be able to get that one yeah okay. and, uh, and our other fundraising will be able to complete it so uh, the bicentenary year of health care in this city in the province that you know really in in, in principle in Canada uh, really begins on that site, which is now where the Toronto International Film Festival yeah, is. Yeah, right, yeah. So uh, when it's finished, again, we take the long view. It's taken 
169 years to get here. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, another year isn't going to kill us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually next year is the 175th anniversary of the start of the famine as well. So mm -hmm. it's, right. it's, uh, it's a pertinent date. Yes, in, indeed. In that yeah. right. Uh, mm -hmm. So it uh, works. Which the, the commemoration fund, you need it to be a, a significant date to commemorate. Okay. Uh, so it, it, it thankfully works out uh, well that we can we can apply for that for, for this mm -hmm. uh, as it's a significant moment. It, it's still it's still the largest migration uh, of anyone to Canada and the largest humanitarian crisis this country has ever faced. Amazing. So, uh, yeah. it's, a, mm -hmm. it's a moment worth sharing. And, and we know of 11 medical professionals who died while tending to the Irish, which is just unheard of and and the the oddity of that profession is uh, as we've said many times you know there are and rightly so uh, monuments to soldiers uh, and first responders as, as they call them down in the states uh, all over the place but the medical profession doesn't seem to do that they don't they don't uh, they don't commemorate the sacrifices that they make themselves so it's good that we're able to uh, uh, reach back and uh, talk about these individuals who who uh, who died while while uh, trying to help the Irish which is an amazing kind of mm -hmm piece of ray of light in an otherwise dark story very true very true mm -hmm. it's nice to be able to uh to shine something on these folks mm -hmm. right the, mm -hmm. the sacrifice that they gave right oh well they know they knew very yeah. very likely that uh, they would be exposed to ship fever as they called mm -hmm. it or typhus and there was no cure for it so it'd be like volunteering to go down without protective clothing to help people with ebola today mm -hmm. and uh i mean george robert grisette was 36 and oh, you know yes. he was very from an establishment uh, Anglo-Irish family. Family goes back three, four generations in Longford, and uh, so he lobbied his brother uh, to get the position as the attending surgeon in the hospital. Mm. Gets appointed on the 18th of June, and he's dead on the 16th of July, and vanishes to history. So we then discovered that uh, Dr. Joseph Hamilton, whose family gave their name to the city of Hamilton. Okay. Uh, he died at the end of November. Of course, we know Bishop Power died on the yes. 1st of October. And then Nurse Susan Bailey and Sarah Duggan, two nurses, uh, they died at the end of August. And do you recall some of the other names? And there was Joseph McNabb and Richard Dunn, I think. Yeah. Richard something, anyway. Where so the some two orderlies. That's right. So there were hospital orderlies, nurses, as well as two doctors. And Nurse Bailey and Nurse Duggan, were they Irish themselves uh, or just Irish families? Sarah Duggan was Irish. Okay. Uh, Susan Bailey was English. Okay. Yeah, but they were young. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, 18, 19, yeah. Yeah, they were really young. that young. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Again, one of the difficulties we've had is... is the 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 titles are the same but the jobs would have been very different so a nurse would have it would have been much more of of you know um you know a maid almost they would have lived in the in the hospital but they would have mainly have been there to uh, you know just generally tend to the uh, to the uh, patients so there was no training involved and so they would right. have started the job a lot younger and it was sure, basically yeah. just advertised in a newspaper and and you, you start so oh um, they were yeah and they, the orderlies were you know uh, teenagers as well so these were young mm. people incredible Incredible. Yeah. Great story. I mean, there's a wonderful story around it, and it's nice that you are honoring these folks, yeah. you know. Well, it completes Give them the a story. place in, in Yeah, well, I mean, Toronto Ken, history. you know, we work together, uh, you know, in creating Ireland Park, and uh, that tells the story of the journey and the arrival. Yeah. And I don't think any other uh, uh, Irish expatriate community anywhere uh, has really dealt with the local people who volunteered and came forward to help them. Right. And right. I think it's a really important part of the story, especially yes. to broadcast to Ireland. Yes, yeah. That and, you know, uh, um, 
George Robert Grosset was Anglo-Irish. I mean, he wasn't Catholic. And, right, you yeah. know, it, being Catholic and Protestant meant a lot more then than it does now. Yeah. Uh, but very courageous, principled man and did the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Mm. Well, no more than all the history that you were uncovering at the time, the mm. piece that in Toronto that came out too, with the yeah. Protestant graveyards, yeah. right, and mm. those that died, because a lot of people would associate the famine with, with the Catholic predominantly Catholic yeah. Uh, yeah. history, but... Uh, St. James Cemetery James, didn't yeah. know they had a communal right. grave. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, really, the, uh, um, that didn't fit the narrative because mm-hmm. the narrative of the famine was that the, it, was an, uh, it was a Catholic-Irish experience because of the neglect and indifference of the Protestant community and English landlords. Right. So to ha- and so the Protestant community in the northeast of Ireland, and elsewhere in Ireland, the, 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 sort of, uh, the, the projected message was that this didn't happen to us, mm-hmm. but in fact it did. Yeah, and yeah. so to discover 281 men, women, and children, whole families, right. uh, buried at St. James was startling, and that was discovered within just a short number of years of the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. And as you recall, uh, President McAleese right, laid, yes. laid a wreath there, which was the first time that anybody from representing the island of Ireland had visited them since they went into the ground in July and August 1847. Incredible. Very emotive. Yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll never forget that day, will we? Yeah, no, no, that's no. for sure. All right. We have uh, a wee bit of music yeah. lined up here. I, <coughs> I thought that uh, given the big day we have tomorrow as we um, celebrate with um, Geraldine Brown. Yes. We couldn't do a show without a tip uh, a tip tune here. Oh, good man. You ever been to Sleeve Naman? Do you ever climb that thing? I haven't. No. All right. Well, in between towns of ben Bulban, feathered... <laughs> <laughs> Three big towns there, Feathered, Carrick and Shure and Clonmel and Schlievenamon is right in the middle there. Separates the whole lot of them. Anyway, so congratulations to Geraldine Brown on the Ireland Person of the Year and uh, this is Paddy Riley. I think you met him once, didn't you? Or he met you, right? He met me, yeah. Yeah, That's that's exactly it. Good man, Paddy Right, Naman, Paddy Riley. Her 
Oh yeah, the talent of Shabelle, and um, she's coming to town. She is, yes, and she's going to be performing on Thursday, the fourteenth of March. Wonderful, and uh, tickets are still available. Uh, Shabelle and her family, her father, have been connected with us now for the last two years, and. Uh, Shabelle is a, a huge talent and is going to have an amazing future as a performing artist. Absolutely. Yeah, and she's so only young and yeah. has a new EP out, yeah. uh, only available actually for download on iTunes and the likes of Spotify, and it's called Shabelle Live at Abbey Road Studios. So mm. check that out now. She's fantastic. Yeah. 20. Unbelievable talent. Great talent coming out of Ireland. And fair play to you for... For snagging her and getting her to play here, this is going to be great. I mean, people should get in and get their tickets to the show. And Nicasity is also playing as well, right? The, That's right. The family yeah, band. Yeah. And, you know, in fairness, uh, Ambassador Kevin Vickers was uh, very active in promoting uh, Chabelle and uh, Marvina to us. Oh, uh, good. As was Fred Lawler. Oh, good man, Fred. Uh, so, um, uh, really, was a, uh, it was a really terrific connection to make because they were thrilled to discover the Irish migration story to Canada. Mm. And so uh, Oren uh, Chabelle's father has composed a symphony which we will perform at its first Canadian premiere will be at the uh, uh, at the opening of Grisette Park. So it's part of, you know, connecting with music, connecting with sculptures like Rowan Gillespie and with the work that uh, um, uh, Jason King has done in discovering the uh, the diaries of um, um, oh, Stephen, Devere. Stephen Devere, okay. uh, which was found in Trinity College Library. Stephen Devere was a landlord near Limerick who traveled in steerage with his passengers, with the tenants from his estate. And his diary, which was turned into a report, gave rise to what became known as the British Passenger Act, which changed uh, the circumstances for migrants on the Atlantic and reduced mortality significantly. Hmm. So. W- you know, to th- we'd like to leave your listeners and leave you and your listeners with the with the clarity that Ireland Park is a, it certainly began its journey dealing with the famine and the response to the famine, and we do that through public art and public spaces. But uh, longer term, with the building and uh, uh, with other locations in Canada, we want to celebrate the story of Irish migrants from the whole of the island. And the contribution to the all to whole of all of Canada, right? And that will be through historical research, as well as public art, as well as uh, uh, connecting to great artists I- living and working in Ireland today, and celebrate the connection, the contribution Canada has made to Ireland of today. Brilliant. So these these that will be the long term future. That's great, yeah, and uh, a history well worth telling. So it's uh, absolutely, and we keep yeah. discovering stories. Sure, yeah, you know. Uh, we're working currently with CN to okay. recover the story of the, the people who built the railway. I mean, the railways from Halifax <coughs> to Calgary were built by Irish labor. Imagine, yeah. And uh, so, th- and of course, the canals were built by Irish labor. So much of the Canadian infrastructure that we take for granted was all built by Irish labor. Most Trail. of it was, anyway. So you'll and be telling that story as well. And we'll be telling that story as well. And and so, William, did you want to add anything more to that? Uh, well, that n- not on that piece, but uh, just about the Chevelle to to do the shameless plug that 
tickets are still available and you can go to IrelandParkFoundation.com to get them. They're $30. It's on in the uh, Western Harbour Castle down there uh, just uh, with a beautiful view onto the currently frozen lake. But uh, <laughs> these are, as you said and as you've listened, these are musicians at the absolute top of their game and we're very lucky to have them come to Canada. And, you know, I think in five or six years' time, uh, in two weeks, you'll be one of 200 people watching. In five or six years, you might be one of 2,000 or 5,000 people watching. So uh, it's it's uh, an amazing opportunity to see uh, a wonderful musician and a wonderful family of musicians, excuse me, um, uh, perform. So I would I would uh, just give that shameless plug there Good for a man, second. Not at all. No, we've been talking about it on the show. So uh, and yeah. thank you for that. And, and then thank the you. the other side of it with the CN, we, we also got a, a, a major grant from the uh, the uh, Canadian History Museum or the, uh, the Canadian Museum of History, excuse me, uh, under their Virtual Museums of Canada. So we've spent two years. Uh, Dr. Jason King, the head of the Irish Famine Archive, came over to uh, northern, up, well, upstate New York and Ontario and did a famine roadshow, which is similar to the kind of antiques roadshow. And we're going to launch in the next probably three months uh, a website that will be the largest collection of Irish famine stories from all across Ontario and upstate New York. And mm. um, we've got videos from Dr. Mark McGowan, uh, Dr. Uh, Laura Smith. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, our fair Robert uh, speaking as well. We've got um, Nancy, Nancy Mallet, the head of the uh, archives at St. James's. We've got the Stephen Devere diary uh, reproduced in full with thanks to Trinity College on that. We've got some amazing letters that people brought to us on that famine roadshow. So that'll be out in a while as well. So we're, we're, we're discovering the story all the time and we're presenting it via the website, hopefully in a few years time via the building as well. Uh, and then we're also, as we've said, we're, we're bringing artists over to, to celebrate contemporary Irish culture at the same time. Do you want to say a word about the architectural exchange? Oh yes, uh, so we, we haven't fully booked that in yet. I would say it'll be January, February next year. Um, we're looking at the Market Gallery in the St. Lawrence Hall and we're, uh, a, l- a lot of people don't realise but a huge amount of the built infrastructure in Toronto was directly affected by the Irish. Some of it uh, by architects and you know in the contemporary sense uh, not, not to go back to the Kearns is too much but obviously Jonathan <laughs> Kearns is a, 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 a renowned architect in the city today but even the likes of a huge amount of the, um, the architecture of the original City Hall or of Union Station there was uh, either first generation Irish Canadians or actual Irishmen who moved to Canada uh, built them but then also Cabbage Town and Corktown Corktown is still um, the largest collection of Victorian houses in North America and that was all built uh, mainly for uh, Northern Irish um, uh, kind of prosperous uh, middle class Uh, and actually the architecture is very unusual for North America it is much more British in its style than the American version of Victorian architecture, uh, which has a, a different name, which currently escapes me. Uh, so we're going to celebrate that connection. And uh, in the 19th century, Dublin had a major influence over the likes of Osgood Hall and all of that and, and mm. those architecture. And then in the 20th century, Belfast had a huge influence. So we're going to look at that and share that with Canadians and then bring it back to Ireland and show Irish people what, what they did to the city as well in terms of the built mm. infrastructure. A lot of the warehouses on, on King Street were built by Irish industrialists and, and very much in a in a Irish style in that sense. Incredible. Well, fair play to you, lads. You've been busy. Well, as huh? they say, Rome so wasn't built be talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. No, well, well done. That's uh, that's a lot of work and a lot of work ahead, as you say, for mm-hmm. the long term too. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep at it. 
Keep at us. We'll we intend to. Thank yeah. You. Thanks very much, and thanks for your support, Ken. Oh, no problem. Anytime. You're welcome, yeah. lads. Thanks You're welcome. for coming in and sharing that with the with the audience. So uh, people will be delighted to get this kind of uh, an update, and we need to keep uh, keep people posted on this great work. So thank you. Thank well you. done. Well Please. done. Thank thanks you. a million for coming in. Enjoy the. Uh, the documentary a little later today. You'll be seeing a lot of familiar faces, I'm sure, yeah. on the big screen. So, <laughs> including Mr. William Peace, will oh, be on there? He's yeah. starring role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good man. Well, good thank man. You Academy, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, Mark. What have we got lined We've up? We've got here for um, well tomorrow night. The uh, we were trying to get them in to studio, but they couldn't oh, make yes, it. Yeah. Uh, the Flogging Mollies are here, um, led by Dublin-born Dave King, and they're playing down at the Danforth Music Hall tomorrow night, uh, March the third. But um, anyway, we've got a flog and Molly's tune. It's a bit Lovely. of bit of Celtic punk going Please. on here, I think. Good stuff.
That's oh. good. Flog and Molly, I think we have two tickets to this show, and it is, uh, it's a sold-out event. So mm. if you want two tickets, give us an email, ken at saturdayirishradio.com, or you can send one to mark at saturdayirishradio.com. We'll sort you out with two tickets for that show tomorrow mm-hmm. down at the Music Hall on the Danforth. Danforth down at the Danforth Music Hall. So Lovely. Pop in there for an old pint uh, beforehand, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Next door, there's a, a few decent establishments there down there. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So uh, good. good. All right. There you go. Anyway, the lads are. Uh, They're on the, the way down. Moved on. They're on the way down. Hopefully, they got the the radio on in the car, and we can entertain them through the traffic on the way down. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Good All stuff. Right. Now, what are we in? Like, uh, we're almost at the top. Uh, Ten forty-seven. This will be soon to be our new closing time. We'll be finished wrapping yeah. up at eleven. But we have the two-hour show today. Two-hour special. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, as of next week, we'll be on from 10 till 11. 10 to 11. So Spread the word, folks. Spread, Spread the word. The We've word. been trying to push it out to social media, but uh, not everyone is on that. So uh, tell your uh, Irish friends and neighbours all about it, right? There you go. And so um, the other thing that I should mention, our, our old website was down this week. Aye. And we had some issues, but thanks to uh, our pal Lorraine White, she got us back up and running. And um, for those that missed the two hour last week mm-hmm. and you want to hear it, it's, it's up there now. So Lovely. you can go to SaturdayIrishRadio.com and uh, click on the old download and hear Finn Fury and Donna O'Regan and Ethna Heffernan mm-hmm. singing the lights out. We yeah. had a great old party in here last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yeah, it was one for the ages anyway. Yeah, got a lot got of a likes lot, on Facebook too. A lot Kenny. of great feedback from that uh, program. So yeah, well done to all those who came in and... Uh, yeah, here while we you are were uh, back while at it. While you were out saying goodbye to the lads there, I yeah. just uh, I snuck over there and uh, made a few adjustments to did the you? tunes. Yeah, sorry what did about you do this. now? So I don't even uh, know what's coming up next. No, then. no, you were at the you were at the you know we both kind of did some tunes this week, but yeah. I, I just wanted to let you know the next song is a Joe Dolan song. Ah, stop. Yeah, how did I get to be over here at the boards? Yeah, there you putting go. Putting on a Joe Dolan. No, you were ha- you have an, uh, an an aunt who is a nun, don't you? I do indeed. And uh, good old my, sister uh, Miriam Tracy, one of the best. In the business, <laughs> I'm sure she had a few sister friends called Sister Mary. Oh, probably. Anyway, my, uh, my my school teacher in first class, her name was Sister Mary, and oh then yeah. she changed her. No, she changed her. She was Sister Flanagan, and then she changed her name to Sister Mary. You can do that. And uh, upon reflection, now I'm trying to figure out why would she have done that? Are you was sure? it a promotion or Are you something? Sure, it was the same. It was the same one. Oh, definitely. Wasn't a twin sister. So I went in on a, She was on a Friday. And she used to tell us that the Flanagan flew out the window. That's what she said. <laughs> and <laughs> so in came Sister Mary. We'd be looking Mary. out the window. So see, we could see it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Sister Flanagan became uh, Sister Mary. Anyway, here's, uh, I, I snuck in an old Joe Dolan tune. Yeah, it's man. a bit of a sad one, right? Ah, uh, no. Ah, uh, it's all right, though. All right, here we go.
of Joe Dolan Brilliant. I'll tell you that was Brilliant. a snaky one now that you get in round behind <laughs> me there to do that <laughs> alright well done Sister Mary fair play and well, uh, some results coming in out of Division 4 football already Marco oh, what have we got uh, Waterford 1-9 to Antrim's 1-8 oh. uh, Limerick 1-5 Derry with the 100% record here yep. uh, 13 points so that's Derry oh. at the top of the table there are they the only ones oh no and uh, Wexford 12 points and Wicklow 9 points so uh, that'll be uh, Derry at the top Leitrim in yep. second Leitrim play London oh. tomorrow in Carrick Joel will be doing handstands Joel Reynolds will be doing handsome. I'm not sure too, if he's he? still uh, in Ireland or not. He sent me a text there, I think a week ago. He was yeah. he had just landed over there. So I'm not sure if he's back yet. But he, I forgot to mention this a couple of weeks ago. And I have a, a Dervish track coming up later, unless you were sneaking in any more Joe no. Dolan songs. But uh, <laughs> uh, And we had Cathy Jordan on, from calling him from Sligo. And, of course, I was all you know very proud of the whole Sligo fact and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And then Joel rang me. And he <laughs> said, she's from Strokestown. <laughs> huh? Pop. You're always pop always been corrected on this oh, show, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all right. We accept it. It's all good. So fair play to Leitrim and Derry there. If they yeah, get promoted, no, my boys Sligo. Oh, you're in a oh, bit of trouble. We're pal. going to be down in Division Four, I'm afraid. You're in a bit of trouble. Yeah. It looks like Loud and Down are looking really good in Division Three, although it's all fairly tight. Uh, Loud beat Sligo, of course, last week. They yeah. go top and down beat Longford. I think Leash have Longford, Longford this week. And on a who Sligo have? Sligo have Westmead. Oh, right. Now, Westmead beat Leash last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, co- kind of comf- comfortably, anyway. It was mm. a bit disappointing one. Um, big game there last week was Mayo against uh, Dublin. So Dublin decided to show up. It wasn't a contest, really, was it? Not really, no. They um, The Dubs uh, ran out kind of handy winners in the end. Uh, Mayo kind of uh, petered out. But um, uh, Kerry uh, continued to look very dominant. Uh, they are, I think yeah. they're still unbeaten, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mayo are taking on Galway this weekend. So this should be a, a good game. And uh, Tyrone are taking on Cavan as well this weekend. 
Indeed. And then in the second division, it looks like it's Meath and Fermanagh up at the top. Meath defeated Cork last week, and Fermanagh had a, a bit of a surprising uh, win against uh, Donegal. So Meath and Fermanagh looking strong. Yeah. And it's um, Kerry and Mayo up at the top in Division 1. And it's loud and down at the top in Division 3. And as you said, Derry and Leitrim up at the top. And uh, a couple of cracking hurling games on this weekend now. Waterford indeed, are playing yeah. Galway. I know it's a Division 1B game, but Waterford and Galway are playing an old game. Dublin are taking on Leash. Aye, how do you fancy yourselves there now? Ah, sure, we're a little bit behind them nads now. Mm-hmm. But uh, we tied with Carlo last week. Well done. So we need something out of this or we're so in a relegation battle. It's only an old glass of milk between you and dear Madonna then. That's it. it. That's and I it. see that they have awfully this week. So yeah. Charlie Dorley and Dermot Dandy, I'm sure the pints <laughs> will be uh, up for grabs there. Claire and Limerick. Claire and Limerick will that be a cracker be one, as well. Yeah. And uh, you've got Limerick are on top of the league at the moment, but it's all to play for there. They're all in or around. Uh, they all have a shot at it. So nobody's expected to go down yet and nobody's expected to win yet. But Wexford are also taking on Kilkenny, uh, a battle of the, a couple of neighbouring counties down there. And then, of course, the classic Cork versus Tipperary. Yes. Always an entertaining event. Cork actually shocked uh, Limerick last week, so they've been... Uh, Finding their form a bit, the Cork lads. Con will oh, be, yeah. Con will be uh, getting a little bit boasty again. Uh, he, he might indeed. Yeah, he uh, had a little uh, up there during the week, and mm-hmm. he's on the road to recovery. We won't probably see him in and around um, the March festivities. He needs to take care of himself on the yeah. road to recovery. So we wish you the best, Con. Mm-hmm. We look forward to seeing you back on the streets of Toronto again. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Good man. Good man. So, what did you make of uh, Rory's decision to not play in the Irish Open? He won't be going to La Hinch. I see. Disappointing. That. But yeah, disappointing. Yeah. But then there again, he's trying to focus on on Rory and trying to win these majors. So he better bloody well win one. That's all. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. I think. You know? I mean, winning uh, in Northern Ireland would be somewhat of a dream for the for the kid, right? Yeah. But um, I was a bit disappointed. I have to say. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the reason was he would have played three weeks in a row and. Um, perhaps been a bit tired but um, he's only a young lad That's should be it, able to know. play the Scottish Open and he's worried I think about like bad weather like three weekends in a row and the toll that that might take on the body soft yeah soft these fellas are getting these yeah, golfers okay. are spoiled yeah, sure you know you know, do you ever tug out for a soccer game in Ireland in a ditch oh. in the pile and rain <laughs> Frozen. and then go out for like 90 minutes yeah. and run your head off yeah and then, yeah. you know, you could do the same maybe three hours later, you'd be doing the same for a hurling game or for a football Mad, game. It's savage. Yeah. yeah. We are well able for that stuff. Oh, indeed. And um, I'll tell you, the other thing I see that might take uh, some Irish interest down in uh, Major League Soccer, which is all about mm-hmm. to get underway again, is this fellow James O'Connor. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know about him at all. He's the manager of Orlando City. Took over last year. They didn't have a great run in now, but I see they have Nanny. Former Man That's United right, fellow, so yep. that might spark a few goals with these lads. And he's also hired a Cork-born uh, central defender, Shane O'Neill, who's uh, also uh, was well. He was born in Cork, raised in the United States, but he's the son of former Gaff footballer Colm O'Neill, oh, who's he? a two-time All Ireland winner yep. from uh, from Cork. So yep. uh, there you go, a cracker he was too, indeed, yep. yeah. So um, interesting. So fair play to fair play to him. We'll have uh, at least some interest in that. And then staying with the old uh, bit of soccer and the football, there, the results from the, the Irish Premier League last night. I don't know if I ever saw so many draws in in a night's work. Uh, Shams and Dundalk were nil nil. Mm-hmm. 
Cork and Derry nil nil. UCD and St Pat's were one one. Waterford and Bowes, who were at the top of the table, Bowes at the top of the table, nil nil. And good old Sligo Rovers beat their neighbours. Oh, hey. Harps two one. We got a victory. We're <laughs> up in the seventh. Fantastic. Leinster uh, beat Cheetahs last night, nineteen seven in the rugby. Yep. And I know that Connacht are on right now. We'll have to have a little we'll look, have a look at see that now. What that is? They're playing Ospreys. Munster are taking on Scarlets, and then tomorrow. Uh, Ulster are taking on the Newport mm. Dragons. So. Yeah. And then we're back to Six Nations the following week. Yeah. And we'll see how we do against the French. Well, listen, uh, a big moment is about to happen here. It's uh, about 30 seconds to 11 o'clock. And uh, this, uh, we're about to enter the last time that Keologus Crack will broadcast that. from 11 to 12. And that goes back to when um, you know, Eamon was doing the show as well. Indeed, yeah. So let's make it a good one the next hour. We're going to belt away some more tunes. We are. Some Desmond calling in. And um, yeah, the, the, the countdown has started. And just a reminder that this time next week, uh, or at, uh, our show next week will be from 10 to 11. And uh, the good thing about this time as well is you can get, give a little bit of an update on a few of the old right. games going on. How are we doing at halftime? Halftime here, Bournemouth nil, Manchester City nil. Now you'll be hoping it stays that mm-hmm. way, it's eh? Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion nil, Huddersfield Town nil, Burnley nil, Crystal Palace one, Manchester United nil, Southampton one. That's big for Southampton. Yes, and Wolves are two nil up at home to Cardiff. And earlier on today, um, no blood. Tottenham versus Arsenal one one. Very controversial game. Mm-hmm. Very controversial indeed. But indeed. Um, I'll take it and run. Will you? Yes. Why All not? Right. Yeah. Fair play to you. All right. We'll kick off this last hour. With uh, Steve Wickham and the Water Boys. Woo! <laughs> 
this world without a thing And we leave it just as naked as we came He may drive a coupe to build On a mansion on the hill The Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. Very good. And uh, down there at the embassy, they have all the, the GAA games coming in and your Six Nations stuff. So don't be shy about getting down to the embassy and catching all those games. All right. For the last time at the 11 hour, it is Desmond Devoy with the news from Ireland up there in Ottawa. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning there, Ken and Mark. Great to hear both of you. And you're right, for one last time after the 11th hour. Good morning, folks. Desmond Devoy here with the news from Ireland. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. 
Here are the top stories that are making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. Two County Down fishing captains have pled guilty to illegal fishing in Dundalk Bay, according to RTE News. Jack Brown, 57, and Kevin Trainer, 47, who fish out of Kilkeel, County Down, appeared at Drogheda District Court on Friday morning. Court heard that both men cooperated fully with the investigation, even as their fishing trawlers were confiscated and tied up at Clotterhead Harbour. The trawlers had been detained by and escorted to harbour by the Long Earnock Orla Naval Service Ship under the 2006 Fisheries Act. The presiding judge applied the Probation Act to show leniency on both men and lifted the order, allowing their boats to be released immediately. The matter, however, brings into sharp relief an ongoing tension between fishermen from the north and south of the island. There was a long-standing agreement that allowed fishing vessels from Northern Ireland to fish in the Republic of Ireland's inland waters and vice versa. However, that deal was struck down by the Irish Supreme Court in 2016, and legislation to reinstate it has yet to pass either the Doyle Erin or the Seanad. This has led to a situation where boats from the Republic are allowed to fish in northern waters, but northern vessels cannot enter the waters of the Republic. Taoiseach Leo Varadkar told LMFM Radio in Drogheda that he had spoken to opposition leaders this week and believes this, quote, anomaly can be changed in the coming weeks. While stressing that the Navy and Gardaí were only doing their job enforcing the law, quote, the law is wrong and we need to change it. Well, speaking of the North, it was Northern Ireland Budget Day on Thursday, but the budget was not put together or voted on by the Stormont Assembly. On this day, exactly two years ago, we were giving you the results live of Northern Ireland's Assembly elections on the show. Well, here it is 24 months later, and there is still no government, a new peacetime record for European jurisdiction. The 2019 total budget is £11.2 billion and was put together by the Northern Ireland Civil Service at the Department of Finance, according to the Belfast Telegraph. About £333 million comes from the confidence and supply deal between the Democratic Unionist Party and the Conservatives at the Westminster Parliament. About £100 million will go towards health transformation, £30 million towards mental health, £3 million for broadband, and £200 million for key infrastructure. Health spending is also up 3.8%, while education will get a 1.1% boost. In other news, we have good news for my nephew, Jack Mulhern of Swords County Dublin this morning. Turns out that his first name was one of the most popular baby names for boys in 2018, coming out on top, actually, with Emily holding the top spot for baby girls. The Irish Independent this week reported on the most popular baby names registered last year with the Central Statistics Office. Jack remains the most popular boy's name, a title it has held every year since 2007, save for a blip in 2016 when James was the most popular choice. In descending order of, for boys, after Jack, popular names were James, Noah, Connor, and Daniel. For girls, after Emily were Grace, Emma, Sophie, and Amelia. Speaking of family, as my mother used to say, Holy Ireland. Well, it may not look so holy these days after Taoiseach Leo Varadkar said that publicly funded hospitals should reflect Ireland's diversity of religious beliefs beyond Catholicism. News Talk Radio 106 FM reports that a new report out is calling for hospitals run by religious orders to remove statues and crucifixes if a patient asks. The report also found that there was no difference in the quality of care between religious-run hospitals and secular ones. Though it did question if the state should continue to fund religious-run hospitals if they refuse to provide abortions or contraceptives. Speaking to the station, Bradcar said that while he believes in the separation of church and state, quote, 
What I don't believe in is banishing religion to some sort of private space. He says that items from other religions, say a Jewish Hanukkah menorah, would, could be set up as well alongside, say, a statue of the Virgin Mary. This week in our local news matters segment, we head to the province of Munster. And we start off in Limerick, where with shades of 1984 meets The Wizard of Oz, Big Brother may be watching you, and your little dog, too. The Limerick Post reports that a new spy in the sky may seek to sniff out wayward dog owners who do not pick up after their pets. Limerick is one of 18 areas in the country that uses drones to catch illegal garbage dumpers, but Fianna Foyle councillor Kieran O'Hanlon wants to use Limerick City's drones to catch dumping of a different kind. Sorry, couldn't help it. Speaking of animals, if they could vote, they may market X or number one beside Limerick's newest political party, the Party for Animal Welfare. The party will hold its first meeting in Limerick City, according to the Limerick Post, at the Kilmurray Lodge Hotel next Saturday. The party, which hopes to contest local and European elections this May, wants a ban on all blood sports, a ban on national hunt racing, and a ban on animals being sold on the internet. Members also want to see an end to government subsidies for greyhound racing. The Cork Man reports on a scary discovery on a Ballandagan driveway last weekend. A live hand grenade was found in the garden of a house near Mitchellstown. The story of how it got there was a little weird. According to the paper, someone threw the grenade at the house where local man Brian Martin lived about eight days previous. But the thrower realized that he had that they had thrown the grenade at the wrong garden and called the emergency services. However, the guardian and the army bomb disposal experts were sent to the wrong house up the road. They declared the call a hoax after they failed to find anything. Last Saturday, however, Martin noticed the grenade in the garden. He bent down to pick it up, believing it to be one of his nephew's toddler toys. As luck would have it, Martin had served in the Reserve Defence Forces and not only realised that it was a grenade, but that the firing pin had been removed. By luck or by fluke, the spring on the device had not been activated, explaining why it had not exploded. Thinking quickly, he threw the grenade as far away from the house into the garden as he could before calling the authorities. A lucky break there. And there you go, folks. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus' year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin, with connections available from more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies, Aer Lingus. Check them out online at www.aerlingus.com. That's www.aerlingus.com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with the omnibus edition of Kyo Legus Crack. So until next week, folks, long go foil. I don't know if you can see the changes that have come over me in these last few days. I've been afraid that I might drift away. I've been telling old stories and singing songs that make me think about where I came from. And that's the reason why I seem so far away let me tell you that I love you And I think about you all the time Caledonia, you're calling me Now I'm going 
And if I should become a stranger, you know it would make me more than sad. This Caledon has been everything I've ever had. Now I have moved, and I've kept on moving. I've proved the points that I need to prove them. I've lost the friends that I needed losing. And found others on the way. I've kissed the girls and I've left them crying. Stolen dreams, yes, there's no denying. I've traveled hard with conscience flying. Somewhere Let me tell you that I love you And I think about you all the time Caledonia, you call me Now I'm going home If I should become a stranger You know it would make me more than sad This Caledonia has been everything I've ever had Before the fire, the empty room and the forest choir, the flames that can't get any higher, they've withered now, they've gone. But I'm steady, thing, my way is clear, and I know what I will do tomorrow when the hands have shaken and the kisses flow. And I will disappear Let me tell you that I love you And I think about you all the time Caledonia, you call me Now I'm going home If I should become a stranger You know one there Marco that's your boy Nathan Carter Nathan no yeah. sign of it oh I think he might be coming again soon we'll see. is he to Toronto oh, yeah, she's brilliant very good I know the listeners will be pleased to hear him I know one listener who would marry yeah. him tomorrow that's for sure aye ah well so there what can you do now um, listen Ireland made uh, heavy work of the Italians last week didn't they I mean they came away with the win and the on the extra point and stuff like that, but uh, a bit unconvincing now. Uh, ominous for uh, World Cup year, but um, uh, a win against yeah. France and against Wales, and we're in and with a shout, go. huh? Yeah, they see that's it. Yeah, that's all you have to do. The Welsh did us an old favour. I think the thing for me was the 
the you know the look of the lads coming off there. You mm. know the heads were down a bit. You know they yeah. really wanted to go in and destroy the Italians. But in fairness, um, the Italians are improving every year. Bad, you know, yeah. and they're giving everybody a run of it. So they are. let's get on with it now. Yeah. Get on with the show. Go in there now. Get a good win over France. In, yeah. At the Aviva, and yeah. then head to Wales into Cardiff, a place we've been, and uh, not an easy place to win. Not but an easy place to win, but we'll be over there in song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah definitely. We'll sing away there. Good. Well, coming up in the next uh, few minutes, we have your interview that you did a couple of weeks ago with Tours of Ireland. I did. Uh, we'll play that. Yeah, here, I had uh, a, a very nice, um, very nice meeting. Very pleasant people with uh, Niall Gibbons, who's the CEO of Tourism Ireland, and uh, Alison Metcalf, who is the she's responsible for the North America for Tourism Ireland North America. Two lovely people, and I sat down with them um, downtown Toronto. We were invited in for a, a little bit of a chat, and uh, lovely people, nice people, and they were down. They were here in Toronto to launch the new Tourism Ireland campaign, which is Wonderful. very interesting. Yeah, oh, we look forward to. So hearing you can that. listen in and uh, hear a little bit about that as well. It's a very stuff. nice conversation. And Alison, of course, used to be here. She was the country manager yes, here, yeah. so she was in and around the community for a good many years. How about Brendan Rogers leaving Celtic? Did you catch that news this Yeah, week? that was a bit of a surprise. I didn't mm-hmm. uh, I didn't see him uh, slotting in there, but um, yeah, I think he uh, he missed the old English game, so he's back again. Back yeah. Unless he's taken awful abuse from the Celtic fans now. <laughs> I know he awful is. Awful yeah. abuse. But Neil Lennon's yeah. back in there. He'll steady the ship. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was get things going again. I was going to say, speaking of abuse, poor old, right. old Tavares got a savage treatment down in Long Island this week. Oh, it, he did. Johnny Tavares, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that anyway that's savage. done and dusted. Yeah. Done and dusted. Now, a sport I think you were a big fan of, I see um, uh, Natalia Coyne won silver at the um, pentathlon. Yes. In the World Cup in Cairo in yeah. Egypt. Yeah. You were a big fan of that, weren't you? I growing was a up? pentathlete myself, actually, <laughs> growing up. Yeah. Right, yeah. Climbing, anyway. climbing walls and jumping fences and <laughs> things like that. Congratulations to yeah. her. Fairness now, that's her second one, so that's good, you know. Yeah. All right, good. Well, uh, we'll get on here now. We have an old ad from yep. uh, our pals at the Galway Arms. Oh, hey. They'll also be uh, they're showing Six Nations and the uh, GEA stuff down there they are yeah and um, I was down there at the Mayo Association but well, that was last week last, was it last weekend How oh was it was that? A, a roaring success I couldn't characterize it as anything but that now Kathleen the, um, Morley was sick so she couldn't attend so uh, she won't uh, she wasn't she wasn't there but um, Usher I was swarmed by our fans down there were you I had to be ushered out the back door did you get any yeah. requests at all from got them? a bit rowdy uh, I did yeah I've played all of them so far, actually. Oh, good. Sister Mary was the one that was that the big one. Yeah. That was the biggest request. <laughs> How many other counties were represented there at um, the Mayo well, night? I'd say quite a few of them. Yeah, that's it. I, I, That's uh, the number. Quite I a few. Quite a few. Yeah, all I had right. one woman who came up to me and she said uh, she grew up across the road from my mother, so I took a selfie and yeah. I sent, sent it to my mum. And um, she said, oh, my God, what a small world. Uh, so guess. she went to school with uh, she was in the same class as this woman's brother uh, oh in Port goodness. Arlington. So um, anyway. Nice, I, very I, nice. The, the sad thing about it is I think I've met her before and, and forgot all about it. Ah, no. And, but this time I didn't. Good I man. had a chat with me. And now you have the picture to remind, the picture, remind yeah. you. Yeah. Well done. Good. Okay, here we go. When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. 
The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook, and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home, and not too far from home, at 838 The Queen's way in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. Early, early, all in the morning. 
that I hit the road for old Donnie Gall. She said goodbye, sir. She cried and kissed me. My heart remains with the Galway shawl. She wore no Okay, folks, I'm here with uh, Niall Gibbons, and he is the CEO of Tourism Ireland, and also with Alison Metcalf, and she's the Executive Vice President for the USA and Canada for Tourism Ireland. You're welcome to Canada. I see you brought the weather with you. Thank you very much for that. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having us on the show. Delighted to arrive in Toronto in minus 20 degrees. It makes Ireland look like a tropical paradise at the moment, <laughs> but it's always nice to come back here. We've got a great welcome, and we're looking forward now to a great event this evening where we're launching our new campaign. We'll have nearly 100 people along, great turnout Wonderful. The, the weather, and uh, great support in this country for Irish tourism and, and great numbers over the last number of years. So it's always good to come back and visit the team who do a great job. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, so I saw that in calendar year 2018, you had 6.9% growth over 17 in overseas visitors. So did Canada wash its face with that number or did we exceed it or were we in or around that 6.9%? Or did we, did we send more this year to Ireland than previous year? It did more than much its face. I mean, to put Irish tourism in perspective, last year, 11.2 million people visited the island of Ireland, which is a phenomenal figure, wow. given there's about 6.5 million living on the island. That's north and south. Uh, they spent 6 billion euros uh, and supported 325,000 jobs. And as we keep on saying in tourism, those jobs aren't just in sort of places like Dublin or Cork. They're in every small town and village around the country where tourism supports you know, small businesses, mm -hmm. uh, cafes, restaurants and everything. So uh, a really good year for tourism. The spend, which is more important than the visitor number, is up 10%. And um, so we're starting up again in 2019. Canada had a great year last year. Uh, in 2012, we had about 90,000 Canadians. Last year, over 250,000. So the market's nearly tripled wow. here in the last number of years. Um, additionally, Iraq, this is a big factor there. We've got flights now, mm -hmm. which used to be summer only, are now year-round. We've got new routes this year with Aer Lingus down to Montreal. Right. We've got um, Canadian uh, going into, um, sorry, a big part into Calgary uh, with WestJet. And we also have Hamilton now at the Norwegian too. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have you know access around Canada, six routes. And uh, we work very hard to send as many people over as we can. Wonderful. Now, you mentioned a couple of numbers in there, but maybe you could kind of contextualize for, for some of the listeners the importance of tourism to the Ireland of Ireland, just in terms of um, GNP and revenue and, employ and employment, perhaps. You had mentioned some of those things, but it is a very significant contributor to the it's, Irish economy. It's the biggest employer in Ireland, mm -hmm. sometimes forgotten, but I mean, it's really, really important to the economy. Over 4% of GDP uh, from tourism, but the overseas spend is really the important bit. You know, 6 billion euros going into the tills. 
a huge contribution of tax to the Irish Exchequer, nearly €2 billion. Euros. So it's, it plays a major part um, uh, to the Irish economy. And I just want to thank everybody here who has played their part, you know, mm -hmm. going back home and that. Um, there's a big diaspora here as well that makes up that number of 250,000. So we're really pleased, but again, the clock goes back to zero on the 1st of January, yeah. and we have to do it all again. Um, there are people who came to Ireland last year that won't be coming this year, so mm -hmm. we have to fish in the pond again. And we have a new campaign we're launching this evening called Fill Your Heart with Ireland. Right. It's our first new campaign in seven years. And it's really, you know, saying to people, look, in a, in, we're all living in a hyper-connected world. We're always on. The phone has never switched off. Mm -hmm. But Ireland is a unique country where you can switch off and come over and get off the beaten track and enjoy your time. And we have a, a Swedish couple who came in down. They're not actors. They're a real couple who came down. And we gave them a camera and a heart-activated monitor. So the camera actually only turned on when their passion points were turned on, but their heart rate went up or their wow. heart rate was calm. So this campaign actually is a real, you know, video of filling your heart with Ireland, what brought them joy. And it's things like landscape, you know, things like meeting people, mm -hmm. uh, the food scene, which is getting better and better yeah, in Ireland all yeah. the time. Screen tourism is more recent phenomenon with things like Game of Thrones and Star Wars. So there are all these things that we have to sell, and we're doing a good job of it. And uh, so it's great to have the new campaign, though, because we've got additional investment from the Irish government now to go out and spend an extra 10 million euros. And uh, we've upped our game here in Canada as well. So we have industry coming out next week as well, hitting the road to talk to Canadian travel agents as well to make sure that Ireland is out front and centre with them. Wonderful. Um, Alice, maybe a question for you, uh, just about, um, is there anything different about the, the, the travelling demographic from Canada that, that might differ from other parts of the world? Older couples, um, uh, we talked about do they spend more than most countries, is there anything different about the Canadian travellers to Ireland yeah, well, that you could... Uh, well, Canadian travellers, as Nyla said, have certainly increased in their numbers, but Canadian mm. travellers do stay a long time, they do spend money. Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose when we look at what Canadians like to do, it would be fair to say there's probably a higher percentage of Canadian travellers like to get off the beaten track than more independent yep. travellers. Many will still you know, participate on, perhaps take an escorted coach tour, but a lot like to get off the beaten track and really scratch below the surface. So generally speaking, I mean, even if you compare them to Americans, I mean, while there's many similarities, uh, Canadians mm -hmm. really do tend to explore a little bit more and uh, I suppose they'd be more independent and they would research those trips. So mm -hmm. as a whole, North Americans and Canadians specifically uh, are making a significant contribution to Irish tourism revenue. Um, number nine in terms of volume, but in terms of the amount they spend, they're the fifth largest market in terms of that contribution they're making. So we, we love Canadians, and um, and I think we're seeing an increasing appetite to travel outside of the peak summer months, and yeah. that's what we're trying to do with the new campaign here. We're trying to tell people and showcase all the other uh, uh, parts of the country, lesser known areas and attractions and experiences, and yeah. say to people, if you've been before, there's good reason to come back, and if you haven't been, uh, this opportunities to, uh, to to get off that beaten track and connect at a, a more emotional level with your interests and passion points. Mm. So whether it's food, music, culture, um, or maybe even exploring your, your, mm -hmm. your family tree and doing some ancestral right. um, research. I would imagine as well that that campaign would resonate just not just with Canadians but also with Irish because I, I can tell you, I mean, I've gone back and I've visited Cliffs of Moher probably six or seven times now, but there are probably some of the, I don't want to call them tier two because it's probably doing it a, a, a an injustice, but there are probably other parts of the country that I haven't seen that um, I probably don't know as much about, but I really should go to see. Exactly, and that's exactly what this campaign is yeah. about. So you won't see the Cliffs of Moher in the, the campaign. Mm -hmm. You'll see Sleeve League, for example. You'll right. see Fanned Head. Um, so you'll see quite a lot of uh, 
um, attractions, experiences, landscapes sort of in the northwestern part, well, Northern Ireland, the northwestern part of the island of Ireland, north of Galway along the Wild mm-hmm. Atlantic Way. And as we build the story and tell that story uh, with the campaign over the next number of months and indeed years, yeah. we'll start filming in different parts of the country. So I think for people who are from Ireland, for the diaspora out there, mm-hmm. they're fantastic ambassadors for us. But, but you also have Canadian friends and you want to sort of take them right. back with you and you also want to showcase some of those um, lesser known areas and attractions. So I think it will resonate with um, folks in the diaspora, mm. but it is a global campaign and we'll obviously uh, adjust it to each market. But these are broad sort of areas of interest. And so mm-hmm. here in Canada, for example, we would dial up things around built heritage like castles, um, stately homes. I mean, Wonderful. our yeah. heritage here in Canada is very young, so yeah. people yeah. You know, love our ancient history um, as much as the, you know, the coastal landscapes. Excellent. Very good. Well, Niall, back to you, and um, I, um, I'm sure you're gone blue in the face talking about Brexit or hearing about Brexit, but I have to ask the question. Number one, did, did, did you see any early signs of the impact of what Brexit might have on Ireland last year in terms of visits from Britain, who would be, I'm, I'm sure, a significant um, uh, exporter of, uh, of tourism for us? Um, but what, what do you, what's in the tea leaves for what's about to happen here? I mean, I have to say I'm not as informed myself personally, but what are some of the things that you're really uh, interested in the next year and as this thing evolves? And is it keeping you awake at night? Is it something that, that, that's concerning for you at this stage? Well, certainly one of the biggest concerns as we head into 2019. Uh, now, the UK voted to leave the European Union back in 2016, and mm-hmm. Tourism Ireland established a Brexit task force in the UK to try and keep abreast of what was happening and specifically how it's impacting on travel patterns and yeah. where people would take their holidays. We certainly saw a currency impact in the first year. So in 2017, we saw a decline in the number of British people coming by about 7%. But remember, the currency declined by about 20%, so the Eurozone overnight became 20% more expensive. That's right. a big factor. However, things stabilised through the course of 2018. We actually saw a very small increase in the number mm-hmm. of British visitors last year, which surprised us, actually. If someone said to me, you'd be lying ball for the year in 2018, I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good performance, all in all. Um, it's important to remember the British people take about 70 million trips abroad every year. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to do most of that travel again in 2019. Right. You know, political developments come and go, but people still want to take their holiday. Now, we do know that they'll continue to take the main sort of family-type holiday in Spain, France, Turkey, sun destinations. The key thing for Ireland will be, will the British still continue to take as many short breaks? Mm-hmm. And that's where we're most vulnerable. I see. 41% of British people will come during quarter one and quarter four, so it's very important for that off-peak business. And it's also very important for the regions as well, so particularly border areas, counties like Leitrim, for example, you know, small number of hotels, but really dependent on the mm-hmm. British visitor. So so, you know, it's a concern as we head into 2019, mm-hmm. but we have been on the path to market diversification. So markets like the US, like Canada, mainland Europe have been delivering in spades for us. And that has protected us to some extent from losses that we may suffer from Brexit. Not to say it's not a concern. It is. We're concerned about it. We are keeping a close eye on the British market this year. And I think if we come out at the end of this year with even a small bit of growth, we'll have done exceptionally well. Wonderful. Well, listen, you're very good for doing this. And we're absolutely delighted that we had an opportunity to chat to you. And um, best of luck with the new campaign. And um, I don't know if you have any parting comments to the, uh, to our listenership, but uh, this was very informative. Thank you very much. Well, thanks very much indeed. And it's always great to go on to Aspera radio shows because mm-hmm. there's people who are out there. Uh, I do it all the time in all the different countries right. I go to. And hopefully someday we'll have them all home for a reunion because you're the voice of Ireland abroad. And it's great to have the support of the Irish community abroad. And just to thank everybody. They'll all remember the gathering from a number of years ago. We don't have right. all the stocks just now, but that was one that really galvanised the Irish community yeah. abroad around tourism. And hopefully it'll have one again in the future. Okay. Thank you, Niall Gibbons and Alison Metcalf. Thank you. There was a warm wind weaving through the trees. It 
It was an early breath of spring Like a young bird soon to leave its nest I yearned to stretch my wings Though the teardrops fell like the morning rain I knew I had to go home I had always dreamed of casting my shadow in the road Couldn't count the times that I've said goodbye To a city limit sign All the countless freight and gentle hearts And the towns I left behind All the passion rides on the prairie in the winter snow and I still dreamed of casting my shadow in the road when the evening falls out of the stump to rest my weary feet and when the morning sun begins to rise then I feel the edge to Casting My Shadow on the Road. That's a yeah. lovely song there. Yeah, the lady's name is uh, Sinead Murray. And um, I'll tell you this, I, uh, I I couldn't find much about her, where okay. she was from. But um, it's a song that I have. It's a compilation album that I have at home, a CD. Um, and I believe it might be one that um, that I got from um, from Madeline. A lot oh, of right. Anyway, um, but yeah, I Googled her. I can't find much information about her, but a lovely um got a lovely voice and it's uh, nice. a great old song yeah indeed and before your your lovely interview there with tours of Ireland, we heard uh, dervish and steve earl and the mm-hmm. growish all so yeah there you go joe reynolds strokes town on the radio <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> very good all right we'll do a bit of the calendar here and yeah. uh you get the old uh, information out to you now arriving in canada guinness hop house 13 all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James Gate in Dublin. Double hopped for a more flavourful lager from the first sip to the crisp finish. Earning its name from the original Hop House 13 at St. James Gate. Available at select pubs and now arriving across Canada in 500ml cans. Guinness Hop House 13. More hops, more taste, more character. 
Ah, yeah, more character indeed. All right, here we go with the Guinness Community Calendar of Events. And, of course, all the dancing is still going on there with Maureen in the uh, the Irish Club in Mississauga there on uh, on the Wednesdays, the Emerald Isle Senior Centre. Sorry, on, on Wednesdays at the Emerald Isle Seniors Centre. Um, on Mondays, it's there in the Irish Mississauga Club. And on Tuesdays, you can do your dancing down the Corktown Irish Pub in Hamilton. Toronto Irish Players is wrapping up this weekend, folks. So if you haven't caught it, the Land Grabber is on down there at 70 Berkeley Street and well worth it. You can check them out at torontoirishplayers.com. And now, tomorrow, a big day. The one that really kind of kicks off all the festivities. The flag raising at 11 a.m. And the location down there on the south side of uh, City Hall there. A new location this year, so don't forget it is a new location. Don't be going up that hill and wasting all your breath. Pascal Brogan is our flag raiser. And fair play to you, Pascal. We look forward to it tomorrow morning. And then we'll be following that up with the Ireland Person of the Year. Geraldine Brown will be crowned in as the IPOY Person of the Year. And that is, of course, at the Toronto Hilton and um, that is $70 per ticket. And get in while you can, ipoytoronto at gmail.com. Or you can give Angelo O'Meary a call at 905-277-4727 to get your last-minute ticket. And going on this weekend is the Toronto Irish Film Festival down at the Tiff Bell Lightbox. I'm sure you can get some tickets for the shows that are going on there. And then um, on the 3rd, we have Flog and Molly. And uh, they're in town there at the Danforth Music Hall. Half six, it all opens up. Uh, it is a 19-plus show, and you can check out ticketmaster.ca. And we do have a pair of tickets. If you want to send in an email, ken at saturdayirishradio.com, we'll get you set up for a pair of tickets to that show. There's a March Business Breakfast Seminar taking place for the uh, Ireland-Canada Chamber of Commerce. Growing Trade and Investment Opportunities and uh, Gowling and Mason Hayes and Curran. It is at their location down there at First Canadian Place. And uh, it's in Suite 1600. You can give them a call at 416-862-7525. And it is starting at half seven till 10 a.m. On the 8th of March, it's the Ireland Fund of Canada's St. Patrick's Day lunch at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. And you can check out the Ireland Fund for uh, their website for tickets. On the 10th of March, you have the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And if you look up there in the judging booth, you'll see Mr. O'Brien. He's the man judging the parade this year. Well done, Mark. And we had the lads in from Ireland Park Foundation. I must give a a shout out, too, to Neve Cullen from Ireland uh, Ireland Park Foundation. First time listener today, Marco. So uh, she's listening. So we, we hope you're enjoying the program there. But they've got a big celebration, and we played Shabelle earlier, and she'll be performing with the rest of uh, her family, her dad and, and uncles there in the band called Nacassidy. And they will be on down there on the 14th of March, Thursday, the 14th of March, from 7 till 9 p.m. Tickets are going very well for that show, so uh, get in while you can. Go to irelandparkfoundation.com for your tickets, and that is taking place at the Western Harbour Castle in Toronto. Father Patrick O'Dea is celebrating Mass, the St. Patrick's Day Mass, on Saturday, the 16th of March at St. Michael's Cathedral at 10 a.m. And the Friends of Sinn Féin are putting on a big concert. The boys, the Wolf Tones, are back in town on the 16th of March. That's Saturday. Tickets are $45. 
And you can call Alan for more information. 416-402-3729. Also on Saturday the 16th of March from 8pm till 11.30pm there is an open door Cayley and this is the, your St. Patrick's Day Cayley. Everybody is welcome and it's all taking place at the Royal Canadian Legion 3591 Dundas Street West in Toronto. Tickets are $15. There's a cash bar, Barry's Irish Tea and Home Baked Treats. Music by Pat Simmons and Friends. And, of course, all the great dancing. And as you know now, there is a um, half an hour beforehand from half seven till eight o'clock for uh, all the upcoming Kayleys. They'll be holding a workshop for beginners. So there's no need to uh, to be afraid that if you can't dance, they're going to teach you down there. And on the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day itself, the Burlington Legion is holding their annual St. Patrick's Day dinner and dance and comedy special. And uh, they'll have a, a special auction going on down there as well. Doors open at 5 p.m., Dinner is served at 6 and uh, they'll be partying on through the evening there. So check them out at the Burlington Legion. And the Irish Concert and Afternoon Tea is happening on the 31st of March. All proceeds of this event go to St. Vincent de Paul Society. And you can catch them out down there at the Holy Rosary Church, 354 St. Clair Avenue West in Toronto. Admission is $20. And don't worry, if you can't make it, you can still donate to this worthy cause. And you can contact Kathy O'Connell, 416-483-6914, or Jackie Jensen at 416-489-3668. And I must mention, too, County Tyrone are uh, in the parade again this year. And if you want to uh, march with them in the parade, you can contact Vince McLaughlin for your location on the parade route. And uh, don't forget that they have a post-parade party at the Eagles Club, and that's at 17 Elm Street, which is in the Young and Dundas area. Contact Vince at 416-699-8480. And uh, again, we've got lots of stuff coming up in April, but we'll start announcing that next week. There you go, folks. That's... uh, Guinness Community Calendar of Events. Well done, Kenny. And of course, we'll see everybody down at the uh, Ireland Person of the Year event tomorrow. And um, looking forward to that. I always love that event. Yeah, it's a good, good event. One. And we'll see most of the community down there, Marco. Yeah, I would think. should be good. It's Manchester United have taken the lead in the last minute of the game against Southampton. They're leading by three goals to two. Roma oh, Lukaku has just scored a goal. Another one. Uh, yeah. Oh, a good one, too. It was decent, as they say. Ah, good yeah. for him. What have we got? Have we got some All tunes right, here? We have a wee bit of tunes. Uh, a new one from uh, from our collection here. This is Clean Hagen, a bit oh. of country uh, from the county Tyrone there after us announcing that they'll be in the parade again Deadly. this year.
Nick Cassidy mm-hmm. Beautiful hey, hey, hey. Do you remember singing that in school? Yeah, a little bit 
All right. Very good, folks. There you go. The end of the two hour show. It is long. Forward to seeing it is long. <laughs> Look forward to seeing everybody out over the next uh, couple of weeks now at all the big events. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, for the, that's uh, it. Thank the lads for coming in. Last time we'll be here at noon anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thanks to all the lads uh, for coming in and Desmond, of course, for doing the news. All right. We're going out with another birthday song, are we? We are. Yeah. We're going to bookend the show here with um, uh, uh, some some um, birthday wishes to my mum, Patricia. And now we're going to go out here with a, an old happy birthday, a rendition of happy birthday that's different. Lovely. Happy birthday, mum. Slán go foil. Slán. Happy birthday, baby. May all your dreams come true. The way mine have with you. This special day, I'd like to say I'm If ever I lost you, I'd have no today, no tomorrow. You've made a simple joke more happy than you know. And today I want to say I love you so. Programming for Toronto's Irish community can be heard every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m.